America. This is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans. Another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. <laughs> And welcome three people who are watching the show tonight uh, to the Daily Gun Show. We uh, go live every weeknight at midnight Eastern and talk about guns for an hour. Um, sometimes we have people join us and there are links out on the gun channel side, but sometimes there's not, so it'll be a short show. And uh, let's see, today CCW on a fixed budget by Glock 19 and 1,000 or so rounds of ammunition by at least 10 magazines, by one inside the waistband holster, and go to get a range pass near your local range and shoot the 1,000 rounds through it, and then buy another 1,000 rounds and load up those mags, uh, and you're good to go. There's your CCW on a budget. How many mags do you carry? So one normally, and then two. If it's something going down that you want to carry more mags for. Uh, throwing my toenails up. can't sleep. I don't know what that means. So, uh, thanks for stopping by, I guess. So, YouTube hates guns. They've been efforting towards making it uncomfortable and un un lucrative to post stuff on YouTube. Uh, they'll continue to strike videos that we have private that are years old. Uh, they have no interest in seeing the gun community thrive on YouTube, and they only tolerate it because they probably make some money on it. And uh, they don't want the black eye, probably, of just plain kicking us off. So five years ago, we built a community called GunChannels.com, and uh, it's a platform for anybody who wants to hang out and be civil and talk about guns and for five years we've had many thousands of people join um, hundreds of those people participated financially to keep it ad free and sponsor free it's just run by the community itself we don't have any membership drives or bug people about anything really uh, so it's been a great community people that are creating content on photographs on Instagram have been very successful and hanging out and have been uh, collaborative uh, projects on gun channels. I uh, would like to see more bloggers. Uh, podcasting is definitely a big part of gun channels. And then, of course, videos. Uh, and luckily, we're working with the new platforms, uh, such as GunStreamer and GunTube.org, uh, people that uh, are hosting videos that aren't uh, hostile to 2A uh, content. And uh, we appreciate the people that are watching it over on the Gun Channel side. Uh, yeah, so it's live now, and uh, we'll uh, keep going. So that was how many mags do you carry? Two, one, depending. Let's see, I went a little nuts when I got mags for my SDVE. 10 for the 9 and 11 for the 40. That's that's not nuts. That's normal. Uh, buy magazines when you go to gun shows or when you're at gun shops that need a little extra money. They make sometimes 40% on their mags. 
um, depending on if they can get them in a deal or if they're buying, you know, used mags technically, but are never used kind of used mags, you know, the shop might be making even more than 40%. And it's the kind of thing I consider dollar cost averaging. You're going to buy mags over the length of the time you own a gun. So sometimes you're going to pay more, sometimes you're going to pay less, but magazines are perishable parts of a firearm, like a spring or like the case on a projectile on a uh, cartridge. So uh, they are designed to wear out. And if you insist on using a perishable item forever, you're increasing the likelihood of malfunction of the machine. So don't get tied to your magazines. Own so many of them, you can't keep track. Keep some kind of numbering system on them. If you're really crazy or you're interested because you're doing competition or something, have like a spiral notebook where you keep track of the magazines. Have components like followers and springs and base plates that you can replace when they become damaged. But also don't get so attached to your magazines that you need to keep them forever. It's ridiculous. So uh, consider them perishable item and own many. So 10 is a good start. You want at least 10 just for, you know, something bad happens, you're going to need at least 10 per gun. Five thousand rounds, change mag springs. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff where if people keep track of their mags, you keep track of some concept of, mag, of round count. It's not that difficult to you figure you went to a match and you shot 200 rounds and you brought these three magazines. You know, for this kind of work, you can you know, just do a you know, divide by three type of thing. But uh, uh, some people get really accurate, and those are usually the people that perform better because they've you know, done the preventive maintenance on their machines to keep that less of a factor in their in their in their uh, competitions and stuff. Let's see, Roosters over there. I'll throw him a link. If anybody else wants a link, let me know. But otherwise, uh, I'll probably end this pretty quick. Uh, I was thinking I'd go over to Instagram here and look at some of these pictures. This isn't necessarily the hashtag showdown or anything. We're just going to look at some of the stuff I've been posting from some of the shops and things. So uh, the last post was from Range 702. That one didn't do very good. I don't know if people don't like that picture or if they're just not interested in Range 702. They're definitely downsized from their original place. Uh, everybody's getting their SHOT Show media credentials. Uh, the emails go out usually mid-October. Uh, through something in, in November, and then there's some point, I think the beginning of December, there's like a cutoff. So if you are interested in attending SHOT Show as a member of the media, there's advantages. You get to take pictures, and you get a media credential that's, you know, recognized nationally, and uh, it's free. So it normally would cost a couple of bucks to go to SHOT Show. Uh, you get in for free, and you have all access. So let's make sure that's clear. Unfortunately, uh, that was unclear for Ghost last year, and that's a shame. But you have access to everything. I mean, minus private room here and there. <coughs> Oops. Uh, you know, if there's like a meeting going on or something, that's about the only thing that, you know, would be invite only. But this, the entire show is available to media. Uh, anyway, so that's, uh, I guess, 93 days away. It's coming up. Uh, this is a really cool gun shop up in uh, Phoenix, basically. It's kind of outskirts of Phoenix. 
uh, the Gun Freedom Radio podcast hosts own a shop and an auction house, and they have an incredible shop. It is really cool. You get an idea here. There's just stuff everywhere and no wasted space. Uh, every square foot of that uh, area there is full of guns. It's really cool and lots of neat stuff. The pictures don't even do it justice. Uh, this was a big footlocker thing I got for 10 bucks, actually 9 bucks. So uh, helping to organize the van. How's this all about? Oh, this is when gun to, or YouTube went down because YouTube sucks and their shit's rusty and clunky and uh, plus they hate guns. So some uh, surplus store I found. Mm, surplus store in name only. They had a couple of things. This is about the majority of their surplus. It was mostly uniforms and card heart and stuff like that. But the guy was cool. He's kind of a character. And uh, a bunch of kids came in while I was there to get uh, costumes and Halloween stuff. So you need these kind of stores for that. And I thought he had some awesome displays. I mean, how often do you get a cool display of hats like that? And I don't really know if I got a good picture of the boots, but a good quarter of this huge building is boots. So nothing wrong with these stores. They just, you know, they're not necessarily surplus stores. Call it more like a uniform store or something. Uh, this is one of the rental places in Vegas. And uh, real fond of this place. They're pretty cool. And... Uh, Got to experience some of the uh, things that only the Vegas stores would have to worry about. And we'll talk about that. I don't know if we've talked about that in a podcast or not, but uh, we'll talk about that at some point. This was a gun shop in Fargo. And kind of a neat shop. Tucked away in a weird kind of sleepy strip center. And just this kind of, this is the front door of the place. They had like a little rack of coats in their double door here. Big giant like shade thing but just that little door and uh, I didn't know what to expect and I went in there and it's a massive massive gun shop lots and lots of guns pretty cool guys they were uh, kind of chatting with each other while I was snooping around so I got to hear a little bit of their shop talk and then a customer came in uh, based off of ad they had just placed so yeah neat place and uh, again little place in uh, Fargo and pretty decent assortment of stuff. I've never seen, a, well, I have seen, I guess, a couple, but very few of these uh, Silencer Co. black powder cans, which are non-NFA uh, suppressed black powder guns, and uh, but never out on the floor where you can pick it up and see what it's like and what you know, feel what it weighs. That's a $1,000 setup right there. Uh, this is uh, Dano, one of the people that's out there watching but not joining, even though he has a link bunch of other people. So if there's people out there that want to do a better job at a Gun Channel's comic, you're definitely invited to participate. Uh, trying to prime the pump here with doing some cartoons and stuff, playing around with uh, caricatures of Gun Channel's people so that we can eventually get to where we've got some creative people in here that are uh, uh, posting cool stuff. Posted a thank you to the people who support what we're doing, except for the people that uh, didn't join tonight. I'm not thanking them. Uh, what is this? Uh, this is another video. I tried editing in the van and uh, it didn't save. It pisses you off. You get everything done, you get it all edited and figured out, and then it won't save. So, uh, uh, This was a place called Shipton's Big R in uh, Montana, Billings, Montana. I think that's the capital of Montana. 
and uh, they have a couple of gun shops there, but uh, just a few, and then a lot of pawn shops, and then this place, which is, I don't know if I got enough pictures of the front of the shop. This is a, looks like a big gun shop, because it is, but it's in the, it's a small portion of a really big, I guess, uh, ranch store. It's more than a tack shop, and it's more than a hardware store. I call it a ranch store, I guess. So uh, fencing and uh, card hearts and food and canning and pickling and that kind of thing. Um, hardware and then that big gun section. So kind of a everything shop. Really cool place. And I guess there's a bunch of them. So uh, cool people. And I got to listen to, again, some of their interactions with customers and stuff. It's always interesting when you listen to the kind of questions that come up in the different parts of the country and massive selection. <coughs> Billings, Montana. This one is in uh, Wisconsin, a little place. I think I was sleeping in a Walmart parking lot and I woke up and typed gun shop into the map and this was like across the street, just coincidentally. So I didn't know about it. I just, it was a target opportunity. It was, I was leaving the parking lot and I was literally in the parking lot of this one. And uh, little shop, but it was full of cops. It was, had to be three different cop cars out front that were marked. And then everybody in there looked like a cop. So um, probably, uh, you know, ex-law enforcement guy got an FFL and, and treats him right. And uh, cool little shop. So it uh, turns out the guy who owns it, I was chatting with him a little bit. He, his sister owns one of the shops in Phoenix, uh, Shooter's World, which is a really cool range. Either said a sister or sister in law, but I think he said a sister. So, how cool is that? That a brother and sister each own a gun shop, one in Wisconsin and one in Phoenix. Uh, then here's the Buffalo Bill Museum. Total disappointment. This is a picture of the museum, and the part that was guns was like this not even this little brown part, this little part in front. Like the hallway into the building is all they had guns in. And. This is about as much as you saw. Those guns, that little display, this, and then you can see some on the wall, like here and over here. And that was it. Like 100 guns. I mean, I've seen gun shops with many more than that out. Anyhow, this is a uh, total disappointment. Don't go there until they're done with the remodel. Uh, this was a rock that I found out, took pictures of, that I've talked about before. I found this horse one time when I was living up here. And uh, it was actually not too far from here. I found this horse one night. I'm driving up to my place. There was this horse standing here. So I left the vehicle there, walked back over here, see what's up with this horse. And he was still standing there. So I said, all right, I'm going to take this horse back to my place. I had a corral there. And plus, in Wyoming, if you find a horse, you can keep it as long as somebody else doesn't own it, right? So uh, I thought maybe I'm getting a free horse right now. So I'm walking this horse back, and there's this big rock right here, and I didn't think nothing of it until I got, like, here, and then I figured out there was a big mountain lion up there. So mountain lion looked like this, this kind of coloring, and about that size, but he was sitting like this, just looking at us. And I don't know if he had his mouth open, but it was dark, but it was uh, definitely creepy walking past a giant mountain lion basically on top of this rock, and you get an idea He's definitely within distance. He could have, like, probably had to jump down, but then he was still up in the air a little bit from where we were. So I was shitting myself, hoping that he was going to eat that horse before he ate me. 
but I don't have any idea when a mountain lion has that chance. Do they take the dumb horse who can run away or the dumb person who can't? Right? Smaller meal, but probably, well, I would have beat the shit out of that cat, but it would have been a tough fight. And I wouldn't have wanted to beat up a cat. Anyway, so then this is a uh, big uh, Bigfoot at a place in Wyoming that uh, I was curious what Yankee would think. But uh, I think it was made out of, like, fiberglass, maybe. I mean, it was big and everything, but I didn't get the impression it was, like, wood or carved out of wood or anything. This is a neat little place in Fargo also that uh, does engraved guns. So they buy guns off, like, Henry or somebody, and then they take it to a place and have them gold-plated, and then they engrave it, uh, whatever, commemorative thing, anniversary a lot of teams, I guess, when you're in sports, you give guns to people and they win sports games. I didn't know about that. But it's just some place that does a lot of logo stuff. Uh, they had like a real big display or showroom of all this kind of stuff, pens and swag and nice stuff too. Like, you know, just stuff that if you were going to give an executive a, you know, some kind of a office setup, you know, have it all in, embossed and whatever with your names on it. So it was a pretty neat kind of place, and then half of the display or half of that room was these fancy guns. And they're an FFL, so they get the guns. They're good to go. They're real guns. And uh, kind of neat to talk to them about that process and whatnot. This was in uh, Orem, Utah, or just outside of Orem, where the Browning factory is. Is it Orem, or is it whatever the town in Utah is? It might not be Orem. It might be... Uh, also anyway, this was right south of the museum. Uh, we were checking out uh, the map, and it had a place called uh, Penguin Tactical. So we checked that out. Um, Dead Horse was with me, and he said that that was a company that supports YouTube. So uh, we uh, checked it out, and they had this old guy had taken a, an old uh, Model 12, I think, and uh, had it Cerakoted in like this pattern. So he's got the Texas flag on it. He's got that uh, kind of dudes walking in Nam kind of look in silhouette. It's pretty cool. And he was super stoked. He had done, he used uh, old guy, you can tell, Nam vet, and uh, uh, Bronze Star. And he had this gun, and then he had an AR. And he's like, let me show you my AR. And he just whips out his phone and starts digging through the pictures and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. Wish I would have. Uh, got a video of that because he was just you know right on there he was fairly fluent with his tech and uh old guy like that puts some of these guys to shame the kid you know well i can't figure out how to work my phone or my computer anyway this place does seracoding and modifications it sounds like so you bring in your glock you can get it engraved and painted and upgraded and i guess they support youtube so that's kind of cool. They also have this place called Kickback Coatings. So we were in there for a bit chatting and uh, cool dudes. You can see Dead Horse's shoulder here. Oh yeah, this is awesome. This is a surplus store in Billings, which is, wow. Like, there's no way. I have so many pictures of this place. I went in there and asked them if I could take pictures. They said, sure. And uh, I got a ton of pictures. There's just stuff everywhere. Some of this cool stuff I've never even seen. 
uh, handgun, military handgun racks, and they had five of them, four of them sitting there. Uh, 100 bucks for the bad ones. Uh, all kinds of neat stuff. Uh, got some stuff for the uh, Patreons over there and ended up chatting with them for a bit. I ended up visiting the store twice while I was there. So uh, it was that cool. A uh, really good bunch of people, too. I chatted with them for a while. <clears throat> they are they own a surplus store, but they dig surplus stores. So that they really appreciated you know, having somebody that was into their surplus stores to talk to them. All right. Well, this is what happens when there's nobody here. i got to take a break. All right, there's links out, so nobody's joining. Oh, I guess here's pink. Let me get my mic. But here's all the people that didn't join. Dano, Ellis, Gizzard, Osh, uh, Pink, because he hasn't technically joined yet, Snob, Ghost, Clover. So unlike some of these chats who will call out all the people that are watching, I'm going to start calling out people that didn't join. I'm going to be like that kind of guy. Here's people that thought there was something more important to do than be on the show. All right, now Pink comes off that list because he joined. Nope, but he's muted. So he's going back on the list in pencil because he's not really saying anything. Can you hear me? Yeah. Now I can hear you. Okay. okay. All right, now I'm erasing the pencil. You're back off the list. All right, so uh, now this one is called Beaver Sport and Pond, another awesome shop. So uh, I took video of some of these when they needed it, and this one needs it. So there's just a ton of guns, which is, you know, you get discouraged sometimes going to those little shops. But there are some little shops with tons of guns, and this is one of them. And both handguns and rifles and all kinds of stuff. But I knew I was in for something. I come into the place. And first off, it was awesome because of this re revolver sticking out of the building. I was getting ready to mention about that. That's just awesome. And it's in an old hotel, so I didn't even pay attention to that, really, because I didn't think it was going to be the entire hotel. I figured, you know, I'm walking into one little door down here. It's going to be a 1,000 square feet or something. And I walk in the door and, like, down a hallway. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's a 1,000 square feet. You know, this, this is the right side of me, and then or this is the left side of me. And that other picture was the right side, basically. This is the right side as you walk in, and that's the left side. So, uh, yeah, they got a bunch of guns, and the counter is way down at the other end. You know, that's kind of odd, but whatever. Sometimes they do that. And then... Those uh, are interesting racks. Yeah, they're super... There's a lot of guns in there. Plus, there's stuff everywhere. And you'll even see some things in here that I bought for Patreon. Because um, it was really good prices on stuff, actually. So yeah, Those uh, are all homemade, too, yeah. I walk all the way to the end, and then I figure out that you turn a you turn around a U-turn, and you go all the way back the other way, and it's the same thing, right? So I'm like, oh, this is a big shop. So I said, can I take some pictures? He's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. So then I'm walking down, and there's all these handguns and stuff, and then I see this sign, this map that takes you through the whole upstairs and the rest of the downstairs. So yeah, figures out it's the entire hotel. So imagine an entire an entire hotel that's just basically guns. Outfitter, surplus, 
a little bit of pond stop kind of stuff and then uh fishing and hunting and like gun safes and reloading and cleaning uh an awesome shop so um a bunch of surplus and like decent surplus not just like a bunch of our surplus but like international uniforms and kit and just neat stuff and all over the place and in piles some of it was neat so just a little bit for everybody uh and neat stuff i hadn't even seen before these are mess kits with like a canteen inside crazy like european thing uh good prices uh very rarely do you see these uh, little kid books the little jake books from 2009 i think these first came out and uh, again i really like how they keep the old thing going it's called beaver sport and pawn so you don't wouldn't even know it's a gun shop but boom there's a revolver now you know it's a gun shop yeah because uh, i was going to mention the signs like that because um like in the town over here any sign like that that's out in front of a business or anything it can stay up as long as yeah, you know, as long as you don't take it down. But as soon as you take it down, you're not allowed to put it back up. Right, and like a grandfathered thing. So yeah, that's right. that he keeps it going or whatever. I don't know in this town if they do that, but I know exactly what you're talking about. In fact, I've heard of places where it's the whole shop itself. If the shop goes out of you know goes out of business for like a week or something, boom, they can't start again. Yeah, because I, I know there's uh, signs over in, uh, like, where uh, function is going on right now. Um, they can repair it, and they can do all the repairs to it that they need to, but, you know, if they end up taking the sign down, they can't put another one back up. I mean, they can take it down and paint it and put it back up, right? I mean, it's not, like, physically. Uh, they can take the sign off of the pole and repair the, like, the... Um, like if it's a lighted sign or something like that, Maybe. but yeah, it, but as if they do something with that pole, uh, that sign's gone. Huh. All right. So I seen these at a, at a, what do you call it? Truck stop. And I was super tired. So I was just looking for something to do. It was like three in the morning. So, uh, took that. And then you're talking about these shotgun shells. I honestly don't remember. I think those might've just been lights or I mean, not lights, knives. But I don't remember because I thought you were talking about this. Barely, yeah, I was talking about the green ones. Yeah, you barely see the trigger guard. I took a little video or I tried to. This is a shotgun, and you pump the shotgun, and it's a pen, like a pen <laughs> out the barrel. And I thought that was cool. The problem is you pump the shotgun the wrong way, so it's, like, annoying. And uh, yeah. these things were just goofy as shit, so I just took a picture to show it. I like yeah, those, like those, green, those green shotgun shell uh, flashlights. Those are uh, like the ones I sent uh, Mr. Knives. Oh, okay. So they're just basically, a, you push the primer or something and there's a light on this end? Yeah. It's got like nine LEDs on it. That'd be cool. Yeah, I didn't even notice those, I guess. I, I don't know. For some reason, I thought they were knives. Because, you know, I've seen those little pocket knives like that. Yeah. This is Dead Horse's little puppy. <laughs> He puts a little dress on it, and this is a little sleeping bag. So he lives in by his niece when he's on the chats. We made uh, my little these little purses. Actually, that's for some other dog, but they fit well. This is them running around. I gave her a whooping after this because she's running around too much. 
wasn't grateful enough. Well, she minds you so much and, you know, sleeping in the uh, van that she has to get out and get a little exercise. Uh, and then this is that little dog standing up and giving her that's a heater. And this is the museum. That's the one of the uh, factories. And that's that one gunshot. And then that's his house. Nice. Dude, there's people living in this house now. So you can just go rent a room in Browning's house. And if, like, you walked up to here like I did, there's this little sign that says, like, this is Browning's house. And then these people just live in it. This here, that little thing in the window right there, is one of them, like, little cat gymnasiums made out of carpet. So you walk up to Browning's house to experience what it's like to be in the house that Browning was in. And then there's, like, a cat up here playing with a little fuzzball on a spring or whatever. <laughs> And then the factories across the street, and it's also an apartment. So you could live in his first factory, live in there, or you could live in Browning's house, or both if you rented up a room in each building. Uh, this was also in Fargo. This is that giant, giant, giant big box store chain that's, uh, I guess, up north called uh, Shells, Shields. So I never heard of it before, but. Uh, I guess it's around and kind of like a Cabela's but bigger really I mean the, the building yeah it's about the size of a Bass Pro or a Cabela's I guess just because there's no like mountains or waterfalls or anything in it it just seems a little different but uh, I'd say it's about the same size but the gun department I don't know I don't go into Cabela's and Bass Pros anymore I haven't probably been in one in a couple of years actually should probably go check one out just to do that but um from what I remember, they had a lot of a few things. Like they'd have a lot of powder and they'd have it all out on shelves. So it seemed like they had aisles and aisles and aisles of stuff. Then you'd go over there and like a good chunk of a shelf was like the same product over and over. At least from what I remember at a Bass Pro. And like their guns, like yeah, they got a giant area for guns, but they might have like three Ruger 1022s that were just exactly the same. Like the same item in inventory, just three of them out on the rack. Right. So you know, there wasn't a heck of a lot of variety. It was just like everything that's, you know, the, the top seller in its area. So some CCW ammo, some hunting ammo, some target ammo, but not like a lot of all of that, just the top sellers. So this place was more a little bit of everything. So the amount of same amount of square feet, but if they had three 1022s out, it was three different flavors of 1022. Right. They went for quality instead of quantity, and the other ones go for quantity instead of quality. Yeah, definitely they paid more. It seemed like these were, they were paying more attention to making a decent gun department using as much square feet as necessary instead of just, we have this many square feet, fill it with stuff that's going to sell using some equation or whatever. So anyway, this is a neat place, but at the same time, it's a huge box store, so a bunch of clothes and running stuff. Somebody was, we were talking about this, I think, yesterday, that there's these shells in different states. And the one in Minnesota, if you drive all the way to Minnesota from this one. So I was at this one. Well, actually, I was at the one in Minnesota first. I drove all the way over to this one just to see the gun section. Because the one in Minnesota is just all, like, running bras and running shoes and running underwear and stuff. So, uh, yeah. 
and they're like a mile apart from each other. And this one still has all that running stuff and everything in it. So people in Fargo and Minnesota must run around a lot. Going on here. You don't see too many gun shops with uh, Ferris wheels on it either. No, and that was kind of neat. So I guess this is just another one. The other one, when I was hanging out with uh, Dead Horse, this is just the pictures of the Browning Museum and the factory. So uh, this, what is this? Uh, this is the one factory. Then yeah, okay. this is just a better picture with the dog in the wind. And this is me looking at it. Then this is the second factory, and there's this. So this is actually the third factory. This one is the second factory. So he invented guns, and he does the first factory, and then he invented machine guns, and then then he moves to this factory. So this is the upgrade after he is the machine gun. He goes to this one, and the third one is after he invents eleven or whatever. So that's the and then the little thing out front that says how it. Uh, manufacturing facility at this location in 1880 and it's this giant building so much more bigger situation dead horse said that this little section in back see up this uh, in like the penthouse see that part anyway it's supposed to be his that's his workshop okay this can is his house. yeah now i can hear <clears throat> I don't know a, if it's me or if it's you, robot. Oh, really? Well, let's find out. That's why I'm typing in the chat. Oh, look, we got the inventor of guntube.org jumping in. So you're welcome, everyone. Let's see. Oh, I'm roboting? All right, I'm going to refresh. While we're waiting on him to get back, there he is. All right. And there's the nitrate. Right. Is that any better? Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, so I, I was saying this penthouse here is Johnny is Browning's workshop. That horse said this is the elevator shaft. Oh, All right. Wow. So that's so his house. Like top, top building uh, elevator. What? It was like it's like an outside the building elevator. Yeah, like a cargo elevator, I guess. I guess back in the day it was different, and now it's all shrouded. But, you know, in 1880 or whatever it was, 1880, it was probably maybe a wooden thing or something on the side. I don't know. Now it's a hotel, so you could go stay in his, built, in his thing, in his uh, factory as a guest. Uh, this is his house. I think uh, if you look at pictures of his house, that are like drawings. There, this is like a porch, and now it's all closed in. But otherwise, it's his house. And then, like the van's pointed to the west right here. If you went to the west, this is what you would see. So now the van's pointed to the east, and this is his first factory. So it's basically across the street from his house. And this is again, it's an apartments now. So some dude lives in his showroom right here, and then some other dude lives up here, I guess. So yeah, people just live in the John Browning factory. I mean, yeah, factory. This was his factory. 
Uh, so then that's in Ogden. So that's is that what I said before? I said Orem. So yeah, it was in Ogden, that Orem. Uh, Galaxins was this uh, gun shop has been around since like 1910 or something. Pretty cool place. And uh, it's kind of neat. You see these like murals on the outside? Yeah. Kind of the taste of what they look like. Like this one is a little, um, uh, let me just say, a black lab. And there's like a shotgun. So it's kind of got like a hunting theme to it. This one is is not work, finished yet, but it'll have like a theme to uh, some suppressor company, I think he said. So they're, they're murals, they're art, and he does, has local artists do them, but they're based on some sort of product that they're selling in the store. So this was like for Remington or something, and this is going to be for some silencer company. There's other ones around the place that he, he does them just like, uh, like billboards or something. This will be here for six months. This one will be here for three months. So it rotates every so often so that his building looks cool and, you know, fresh and interesting. And they're also murals that are gun themed. I just think that's super cool. I, I've never seen anything like that with the gun shop. Uh, once you go inside, again, this gun shop's been here since 1910. So you can't even imagine the cool stuff they've got laying around. And huge. It's massive. It's not really a maze. I mean, there's lots of twists and turns and there's different rooms and stuff which makes it fun, but it's not so complicated that you get lost or anything. And it's just massive. I mean, look at the kind of ammo they have. I mean, this is Salt Lake City, so yeah, and all that, but, I mean, that's some ammo. I don't go yeah. to, I've been to a few shops before, and very few of them have this kind of ammo sitting around. Especially sitting on pallets. Yeah. Wait, well, you, don't, you don't buy your ammo in pallets? They usually just get box trucks. That's right. right, 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 right. Even these cases, though. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that was neat. This is their some of their reloading section and whatnot. Um, Dead Horse says it's one of the better, uh, or it's the best place to buy reloading stuff, the cheapest place in town. Uh, I didn't really get a good a lot of variety. Yeah. They got a lot of stuff at discount, which is always fun to dig around through. They gave me one of these hats to give to a Patreon, so if somebody likes that hat a lot, let me know. And, uh, yeah, pretty cool place. Now, um, when they change the murals and stuff, do they scrape that off or paint over it? I think they just paint over it, but I don't know. I was going to say, after a couple years, that, that paint would be like four inches thick. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they spray sand it off once in a while, or maybe just I don't know. Um, this is from a post I did the other day about the scouts, and I didn't want people to think that I. A lot of people want to just give up on everything. Oh, there was something farted. I'm gonna give up on it. You know, like something might stink, but it ain't dead. So uh, this was a post I made bitching because I'm sick of watching their feed. Their Instagram feed is constantly trying to push this agenda that girls are scouts. So they were following some like obnoxious 16-year-old girl go around mountain climbing or something for like a week. And I couldn't handle it anymore because uh, it's the Boy Scouts freaking feed. So I posted this saying, I, look, I even said in here, I respect the organization. I respect our history. But what they're doing lately is pathetic. And they say right here, I will continue to support the potential of the organization. But if, blah, 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 then I will, right? So nobody saw the but ifs and thens. So 
I just posted this to reiterate not leaving scouts. I just I'm getting sick of their shit. And I'm hoping that the kids that's what it's all about. Hopefully the kids will take back the scouts. This was the horrible weather we had in Salt Lake City I had to deal with. I lived though. I survived. I'm a survivor. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a little too cold for you, isn't it? It's way too cold. You kidding? A little. 39 degrees. Do you see that part? I took this screenshot and it was only 43, but it was fun to be 39. Fuck that. Well, so I, you, know, you got that dog. That dog's got a very thick fur coat. You can just, you know, you know no. huddle with the dog. No, here's the thing. That dog doesn't give a shit about me at night. Like, <laughs> he does not like to be manhandled and grabbed on, so she won't go. And she hates blankets. So she'll just like sit there, watch warmly watching me freeze to death. She don't care. <laughs> no. I tried yanking her underneath the blanket a couple of times, and as soon as I like fall asleep a little bit, she's out of there. As soon as she can speak, she's gone. So no, she she doesn't care. So I had I went to Vegas, and Vegas was pretty awesome. I can see why people want to live in Vegas, but it's completely artificial. Like I, it's like. Like be like living on Mars or the moon or something like it's got to be awesome But you know that if that umbilical cord even gets a kink in it, you're dead like you're gonna die you, There's no water. There's no electricity boom. You're just gonna die because it's like a hundred degrees always uh, What was this last one that one was the scout one uh, then we get to the dug up museum This was the complete opposite experience of the stupid Cody museum, which was a other disappointment so I get there, and do I have a picture of their door? I guess not. So um, their door is over here in this building, and it's the entire upstairs, right? So you go, it's like, you know, the stairs to go upstairs. There's a sign on there, closed for the season. And I'm like, what? So I called the number anyway and said, hey, I'm big deal on the Internet. You need to open up. And they're like, all right. So uh, yeah, they opened the museum for me. They didn't even, they were closed for the season, right? Closed, done. They were not going to be open anymore, but they opened it up. So I thought that was cool to begin with. Uh, they didn't allow pictures, but I got to take pictures and ended up chatting with them. So while I was there was the what's-his-face being uh, voted on by the Senate. So it was kind of neat. It was about, uh, I think it was like they were farting around with their speeches before the vote. So I was like, hey, do you mind if I just stick yeah. around and watch the vote? Am I breaking up again? No, you're fine. Huh. Um, it must have been me that time. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I got to BS with the guy for basically a long time while we were watching the, the thing. And really cool dude. It's basically his collection. He started collecting when he was a kid. And it grew to the point where you can kind of get an idea. It's this whole upstairs of this building. And there's these display cases, which are custom and kind of, you know, whatever the size of these pieces of glass are, two foot by three foot or something. And uh, just neat. It's all organized by era or whatever you want to call it, campaigns. And, yeah, just super neat. And then I didn't even get it all. There's, like, World War II stuff in there even. And just regular old, like, stuff people found in rivers and lakes and things. So That's pretty much everything that like people go out in the desert, they find a old rusted gun. That stuff. That's that stuff right there, right? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes out of a lake or something, but mostly dug out up out of the ground. Metal detectors, or he said a lot of it is like farming. Like somebody will plow yeah. up a garden or something, and boop, gun pops up. So uh, all different kinds of states. 
there was a couple of them they're like pristine it really doesn't like pictures like this because i guess people have used some pictures for like memes and stuff and it just bugs them so it's not like you know that big a deal it's just that uh he doesn't allow pictures so this is kind of cool to be able to get a picture of what the experience is like but imagine just dozens and dozens and dozens of these displays and each of them has a little blurb like this, something to explain either where it came from or the circumstances or what they think might be going on. I mean, just think about it. Like, this one is busted open. Like, right. it wasn't somebody just threw it down or lost it in the lake or something. Like, you know, what was going on that this thing was, like, in the midst of being uh, articulated or whatever and then froze up. And then, like I say, they, froze, they freeze up in different ways. Some of them look like they're a like a cast die cast or something others like look at this guy because it's brass i guess you know it looks like you could still use it yeah i've, I've got a gun like that where somebody <laughs> found i just think they're oh. problem is they're not usually not cheap so his gig he drives around during the winter when cody is under snow and that's when he gets to find more stuff and you know goes to shows and things and um yeah, he'd just been acquiring these kind of guns for a long time and the stories that go behind them. So it was just an awesome experience being able to talk to the owner of the collection for basically hours and just about, again, being a, talk about being an ambassador to firearms, uh, whatever, two and a half to three million people will go through the East Gate of Yellowstone each year. And that's what Cody is, is the East Gate of Yellowstone. So anybody who goes through there and is kind of bored or, interested in doing something else you know they drove all the way to wyoming they might want to look around and do something one of their options is the dug up gun museum and here's the deal it's free it's completely free you walk in that door you walk upstairs you look at his whole collection and hang out and experience it you can't take pictures but that whole experience is free and if you want you drop a donation in i just think that's the coolest way to run a museum plus a gun museum that's just awesome so uh, yeah, I, I've heard about them. I've always wanted to go, but I've never gone to Wyoming yet. So oh man, it's not a it's not a deal. I mean, it's not like casually like I'm going to drive whatever. It's literally in the middle of nowhere, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I mean, when the real museum, the big gun museum, is open, I imagine it's worth it a hundred percent. But this this place is cool. I mean, well, like I say, I really liked it. Yeah. All right, so uh, Osh just jumped in. Um, we'll probably end it on this one. So I was getting sick of all the selfies that weekend, so I just decided to go through my phone and take every picture I could find where I parked the van in front of a gun shop. <laughs> and I came up with these 36 of them. So uh, that was my selfie weekend. And we just talked about a bunch of these shops, but there's whole ones in here that we haven't even... I haven't even put reviews up up yet and uh some of them i have video and i'll still do a video just you know so that there's some audio version of documentation for each of these shops and uh stay tuned for those in the coming probably weeks and months really it's going to take a while to do all that and again thanks to the supporters over on patreon who made it happen uh, financially or at least allowed it to happen uh and then uh facilitated finding some of these shops that you know I could have drove right past if it wasn't for input and that's what these interactive experiments are all about is to utilize the, the back and forth 
aspect of our communication with this new media with these uh, social media platforms and with uh, the different you know communication methods we have now is uh, an effort to you know bring that stuff up into real life and back and forth so that uh, people don't get uh, apprehensive about using this, these tools. Anyway, Hosh, you just jumped in. How was the uh, crash course tonight? It was good. We uh, the topic was now you have your license. Now what? You, know, you just got your license. You're a new ham. What do you do now? So we we talked a little bit about that. Different options. Different things. I was watching because I was in chats and then setting this up and stuff. But you know, just watching. It's not like you were holding up that many visual aids or whatever. Nothing. So my question is: Was it like an open ask question type of thing, or was it like you had a a PowerPoint or something that you were going through. Uh, so this one was pretty much entirely PowerPoint. I didn't run off the radios at all, except for towards the end where I did a. Apparently, it's Jamboree on the air for all the Boy Scouts this weekend is uh, Jamboree on the air. So VHF, UHF, HF radios, the Boy Scouts are going to be all up in the airwaves. So if you're a uh, ham radio operator, make sure you if you hear a Boy Scout, respond to them. You know, give them some positive kudos for being out there. But no, it was 100% it was slides and it was more just the theory of, okay, you kind of know the stuff, you know, what should you be doing? Like go on the repeaters, how do you do that? Because a, a lot of the times I already have videos that cover the nitty gritty. So I just needed to do an overarching video. And then in the descriptions, I link to all the videos that, that cover that stuff. More like a table of contents of all your existing. Exactly. Yeah. So I was I was constantly referencing videos that were in the description of the video. So it should be it should be fairly straightforward. But again, it's it's a it's a it was more of like a classroom theory setting than kind of a hangout like I normally do. So going back to that, you're we're talking about the ham radio crash course a project you've been doing for a while now and yeah. encourage people to get their their amateur radio license, which is just a, a certification, I guess, from the federal from what the FCC. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's guess. an FCC license. Yeah, it's an FCC license, and it just gives us like a tiny little radio sh shop or radio show uh, license. So if there was an FFL, it'd be like a CNR. Like we get to play around with radios and use the bands that aren't being used by official or people paid for, you know, bands or something. So anyway, when we're talking, your show is about what to do once you've got your license, your certification. What are we talking like? Just general. Uh, communication so like if you are in a ranch or if you use something where you got to talk to somebody remotely if you just literally wanted the ability to communicate without using a phone mm -hmm. there's that there's experimentation people that are just nerds and like to play with electronic devices like yeah. certification to be able to do it there's probably people in the industry who want the certification so that they can you know build and you know better mouse traps then you've got people that do it for emergency services and then you got people that are like scanner people, people that like to listen to what's going on out there and, and get, getting your ham gives you a little bit more reach or some more potential. So what am I missing? What other uses are there? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you did a really good job. You, we'll have you come on as a guest and we'll just have you walk through your ideas. So the idea, the, the kind of the preface was you're somebody that just got your license, your technician license, which gives you access to the VHF, UHF band space, which is, you know, walkie talkies and stuff like that. Well, what's the first thing people largely do? They'll program this radio to talk to local repeaters. And local repeaters are like mountaintop radios that will take in your signal, amplify it and transmit it out in a much larger space. 
So that's one thing. You meet a lot of people doing that. There's also simplex, which is just like walkie-talkie talking back and forth. So how do you maximize your station to be able to talk like that? Kind of like you said with the rancher that's not close to anybody, doesn't have cell access, example, stuff like that. Um, I mentioned joining a club is really good because joining a club gives you access to um, other radios that you might not ever see, right? HF radios, uh, things that allow you to talk around the country, like the stuff I play around with for fun type of things. And really, it was just a, if, if you have very little, you know, you just took the test, which they, a lot of people refer to having like your CCW license. It allows you to carry the radio, right? You can, you know how to operate a little bit, but you don't really start building proficiency until um, experience and possibly future training happens. So that's kind of what I was saying is laying down the foundation of you got your CCW. Now what do you do? Where, where do you go from there? Go shoot some more. Yeah, absolutely. Go take some training. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of idea. Well, that's a great analogy. I never really thought about it like that, but that is exactly what it is. It's the ability to have it without getting arrested, but it's by no means like some kind of proficiency in it. And just dead horses in the chat. It doesn't say NASA dead horse. That it does not say NASA at all. Can you see that? It says WTF. Yeah, there's no NASA on that. <laughs> I thought he would like that. I wore that just for him. No, I'm That's great. All right. Well, we were talking about uh, my Instagram there, just going through some of the shops and whatnot. But our original topic was CCW on a budget. Anybody want to throw something in on that? Uh, Ruger LCP, go. <laughs> are you are you talking just handguns in general, or or what do you mean? I don't know, just CCW on a budget. So, yeah, a mouse gun with a pocket holster, and keep that pocket empty, and there you go. And of course, get your permit and spend the rest of your extra the money you saved on training. Who's next? Go. Use <laughs> revolver. Uh, Oh, good. When you say something about a revolver, used revolver. You get hit on the head. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, you, are you Yankee? I'm thinking cheap. Oh, cheap. Get a 357. That thing will hit you on anything. So when you get attacked by a water buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> Might happen in California. Could break out of some kind of hippie commune. Oh, uh, well, I just spent a lot of time in the van, so I figure mob of people come up or something or whatever, arsonist comes running up at me. Uh, I want to be able to shoot through the van door. So 357 is comfortable. What's the. Uh... Now, if you want to go anemic rounds, you can get like a Taurus Millennium G2. You have the used ones in the car. You get a used one, about 150 to 200 bucks. Maybe wound them a little bit with that nine millimeter. You could buy a uh, used Mosin Nagant and cut that thing down to an Obrez. That's pretty cheap. Uh, <laughs> CCW. <laughs> what is that? no. That's like a three hundred dollar gun now. Yeah, oh it's like yeah, three hundred dollar gun. Uh, is it crazy? That's so crazy yeah. that that is just a, a high point. Go buy a high point. There you go. And, and the prices of Mosins continue to skyrocket. Yeah, the, I'm I'm deep into Mosin futures. Yeah. I run a Cosmoline stripping company. <laughs> and then uh, how many mags do you carry? Two. 
Oh, one in the one in the gun and one extra. Well, that's a mag then, because otherwise that's a gun plus a mag. Okay, so one. Sure, one. Right now, me personally, right now, or yeah. Um, yeah, I just started wearing my winter coat, so I carry two extra mags and an extra gun. Because you can, or because you figure something about some other reason for winter? Uh, because I can. It has a nice little uh, CCW pocket, and each pocket has the elastic straps in it to where you can. I could carry probably 8 to 16 mags if I wanted to, but that gets a little heavy. Well, okay, that brings up something. What's the difference between what you're talking about, a, a, a coat or a windbreaker that's got uh, pockets in it that are holsters and mag carriers? And what's the difference between that and a purse? Because that's basically off-person, off off-body. As soon as you take your coat off when you enter a building, you don't have any more wind, so you take that coat off, and you're basically leaving your gun at the coat check? Yeah, I always wear my coat check. No, see, this is dead air. I literally have crickets, so I'll just leave the crickets around here. Can you hear them? Yes, we can hear the crickets. Yeah, it's like, anyway, we'll uh, move on. So, uh, that's Check it. it out we talked about a whole bunch of gun shops, so uh, that'll count as our gun shop today, and we'll uh, end it. It's basically been an hour. Did I start on time, or did I start late? I started right on time, I think. Yeah. So that was the show um, back in Tucson, so should be able to uh, get things all fancy again relatively soon, and uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. You got anything to plug? Anybody got anything to plug? Not at the moment. Josh does the uh, ham radio crash course usually each Friday. on channels and on YouTube, I guess, also. Uh, yeah, it's uh, every Friday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then uh, Night Strike, buildinguntube.org, an alternative platform. See, YouTube hates guns. Therefore, they hate you. YouTube yeah. Guns, therefore, you're welcome to post pro-gun stuff over on guntube.org. Even kids using guns responsibly <gasps> oh my like uh snobs recent carbon pumpkin carbon video where the kids carve pumpkins with 22s or, or dead, ho dead 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 horses uh kid builds a gun series there you go i met them kids uh do i carry extra rounds for my revolver if so do you carry speed loaders or strips i like strips and i definitely carry extra rounds uh always carry extra rounds so um, one of the neat things about a revolver is the rounds, you know, it's only five rounds, because it's a 357 five shot. So I can carry a couple of different types of projectiles uh, just because I can. And they're very small. You know, a five strip of uh, 357s is not much bigger than a matchbook. It's heavier than a matchbook, but it's not real big. Are you saying something, Hodge? Or are you talking on the radio? Yeah, okay, he's doing something else. Um, okay. But yeah, I like to carry extra rounds. And then the re revolvers with the speed strips is actually pretty handy for carrying lots of extra ammo. Have you ever carried a revolver that requires uh, moon clips? No. No? All right.
I mean, no. I was I would have, if I bought a judge, I would use the moons. But I don't. I haven't. I'm trying to think. I probably have had them for like the 357 full size Smith and Wesson I bought off a good guy with a gun one time. Mm -hmm. But I had them. I don't know if I ever actually used them. And I wouldn't carry them because they're clunky. They're like carrying an old fashioned speed loader. The strips are flat, so they're way more easy to carry. And I like them better because you can strip out two rounds and get back into action uh, where the speed loader requires you to have the whole cylinder empty and you know, just requires a lot more uh, 100%. SB 100% empty. It has to be able to insert 100%. They all have to go in. So, you know, it just seems too, too uh, less options than the speed strips. All right, well, that's the last couple of questions that came in. And I want to say thanks to Yankee for uh, raising money for the uh, the tour. I didn't expect that. Didn't know he was doing that. Uh, Ghost texted me yesterday while that show was on. I think I was in somebody else's show. So I watched it earlier today, and it was pretty cool. He was just doing his weekly chatting with the audience type of show, and he put all the super chats towards the tour. So thanks, everybody, who threw money at Yankee for the tour. I appreciate it. I ended up, I haven't done the last uh, couple of tanks of gas, but last time I checked, I was about $200 over on my budget for gas money. So I was trying to shoot for $2,000 worth of gas, and I think it was at 2200 and I probably have a couple of tanks of gas to add to that. So uh, definitely appreciate it. Uh, I think, well, well, I have to start get, catching up on the van chats, but I'm going to do something like uh, guess how many tanks of gas. Uh, I used kind of thing, or how many gallons of gas? Maybe that would be cool, uh, you know, because we'll have all those numbers, and uh, that'll give Smeggy something to to nerd out on on the spreadsheet. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, again, thanks everybody who shows up for the show. It'll start getting better here in a bit, as soon as we have a chance to polish everything up and dust everything off. And uh, we'll see you next time. I'm sorry, I was late. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for jumping in. Thanks for giving me a link.